0: episode of The Creation Grounds. I'm very excited about this. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd, and in this interview, we talk about how to develop belief and the persistence to succeed with a very good friend of mine, Kendra Holloway. Kendra is a Kentucky-bred, all-around creative individual who found her way to New York, the Big Apple. Now, she has a background in production, and she's interned with the giant Tyler Perry in Atlanta, and she's worked besides Robin Givens in her most recent work, Definitely Divorcing. Check her out. She also plays Udab in the web series Champagne. Check that out. She's also got some impressive mentors on her side, and she likes to write in her spare time. The girl likes to stay busy. Now, with all of that said, let's get to the show. Because your success is everyone's success. This is your voice. We've all been knocked to the ground. Let's create the way to the sky. Welcome to The Creation Grounds. Enjoy this episode with Kendra Holloway.
1: I am originally from Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, and that's about 45 minutes outside of Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Growing up in a small town like that, what, what was like the influence for you as a person because you're in a big city now, mm-hmm. you know, so how has that
1: influenced you? Well, as a person, um, I've been blessed to have a lot of uh, supporting uh, family members. Um, I did not have it easy growing up, but I don't think, you know, a lot of people didn't have it easy. But, um, you know, it was, it was hard. My mom was a, it was a single uh a mother so a lot of obviously my influence came from her and just kind of seeing um you know who she was as a person and and just spending time with her um she was really invested in me and she encouraged me to have conversation and to ask questions and to um just be active so a lot of the ways that I I guess they would be a lot of the the ways that people look at like kind of uh Will Smith and Jada Pinkett and how they raise like you know Jaden and Willow um, and they look at that as being like progressive I guess my mother did that in, in subtle ways with me growing up as far as like encouraging me to ask questions especially when she came from an era where they did not ask questions, it's just things were as they were, you did not have conversations with adults, <laughs> you yeah. didn't do any of that, but um, so she was definitely um, a great influence on me and then I also, you know I had my grandmother who was right across the street from me, I had um uh, my stepdad who was right next door to me Like I had the preacher that was across the street All these family members Like it was a unit of people That's how small the town is yes, Where so everyone like literally lived within walking distance of each other So if I needed a break as a kid for my mom Because we got in, you know, a little bit of a disagreement Or something like that I could walk down to my aunt's house Who lived like, you know, a three minute walk down the street So it was it was, it was was cool in that way So I think everybody kind of, you know, equally influenced me Just in various various ways
0: that's pretty dope so it sounds like your mom is a pretty big inspiration in your life Mm -hmm. is she one of the biggest you would say or
1: definitely um I like yeah she's still my my absolute best friend and when I say that I really do mean that because you know there's not thank God there's not a day that goes by that we don't speak you know we text each other good morning I love you have a blessed day every single morning um and then we talk to each other like you know late at night until one of us gets gets tired So if I don't talk to anybody else
0: <laughs> In a day
1: mama. It's like my mom is like the one person That we you know We communicate all the time And we kind of I've had that relationship with her For a very long time because it's kind of like you know The way that she raised me it was like Never leave the house without saying That you love someone you know never go to sleep Angry Because you don't have to you know right. you, you can't take those things for granted So I'm, I'm blessed in that way
0: for sure. I yep. mean, did she was she an actress as well, Oh,
1: was she creative? She, okay, this is the interesting thing about my mom. I actually found out something about my mother earlier, I want to say this week, or late last week. She used to tap dance as a kid. I did not know that. Um, I know that on her side of the family, we have a lot of artistic people. We have uh, people who are producers and directors and who have written... Um, even Broadway productions and, and our, um, poets and, and different things like that. But, and as far as I knew prior to knowing that she was like, you know, she was into tap as a kid, I knew that, uh, in my small town, there was a a movie that was made in like the seventies. It was called lawman without a gun. And, um, Dick, if I'm not mistaken, I think Dick Gregory was in the movie. I don't know, I, I believe so, <laughs> Um, and they shot it in my hometown, and my mom was like an extra in a, in a church scene, and that was the first time that she had ever been on set, and she absolutely hated it, she didn't understand why it was taking so long, why it was taking like, you know, 12 yeah. hours to get one shot, this woman leaves, like, just, she leaves, she's like, I'm done, like, I don't want to do this, so... In that regard, my mother has like a lot of you know hidden talents and things that she just doesn't even you know kind of <laughs> put together. But she could do a lot of things, but it's just you know she that was never her forte. She knows how to, the lady knows how to play the piano. She's a you know she's tried to teach me in the past, and that music just wasn't my thing. So um, you know she can do a lot of things, but she wasn't an actor. Um, but I do come from a group of uh, a family of preachers. Okay. She's not one of them, but um, you know, um, I've had preachers around me my entire life. Uh, my my dad is a preacher. Um, my stepfather has his own uh, radio station in, in Hopkinsville, so um, you know, it, it's it's a group of people who know how to communicate. Right. Um, yeah. So.
0: So when did you when did you get struck with the acting bug? When did you start from a small town like Kentucky mm-hmm. to want to be able to act?
1: Um, What's your earliest memory? Yeah, I think that... Well, I I knew that I liked television at a very early age because I didn't necessarily... You know, I wasn't I didn't grow up in a town that was around theater. Right. Like, that we had a theater, but, you know, things would come every now and then, but that wasn't something that was really on my radar. Um. So I know that... My mom tells the story of um, me watching Pee Wee Herman as a child, and at the time I she did, that too. yeah, it was yeah. a really good show. Um, but at the time she didn't have cable, so I don't know if you remember this, but back in like the nineties and probably you know before that, uh, the television screen used to have like these squiggly static lines, yep. right? Yep. And every now and then, you know, it would clear up so you could actually see the the screen. So I would watch Pee Wee Herman and I would wait for it to clear up and it always cleared up like right at the end of the show when he was like on his bicycle and he was waving bye to the viewers so I would like I th- I thought at that time that if I kind of peeked underneath the squiggly lines and I could see more of the screen and I would just like wait to say bye to Pee-wee and my mom walked in one day and I was waving bye to Pee-wee and she was like Okay, I need to get cable. Something is up with this kid because she's glued to the television screen. So that was my first memory of really being intrigued by a world outside of my own was Wee Herman. Um, But as far as the actual acting bug, I don't know if I can pinpoint it to one particular thing. I know various things were were big influences to me. Obviously, growing up in the 90s, we saw television shows like um, Moesha. We saw Brandy kind of do everything, and that was, you know, tantalizing. That was amazing to me. Um, I I knew that I loved poetry. I knew that, you know, I was reading, um, I know why the cage bird sings, my Angelo stuff when I was about, you know, uh, five or six years old. So I liked, yeah, like about five or six years old, I would walk around the house because, you know, um, we, we didn't have a car when I was growing up. So we would, during the weekends, my mom and I would just, we would walk to the library. And that's how she kept me, like, active. She knew that I loved words and I loved um, doing, like, Easter speeches and, and different things in church. So she was like, well, let me feed this. So we went to the library. We would pick up different things. And she knew that I was kind of gearing towards looking for people that looked and sounded like my environment. And she knew that Maya, obviously, was one of those people. For sure. So I would, you know, pick up the book and I would memorize these things. And I would just walk around the house and, like, recite them all the time.
0: Before, you know? Performer, got
1: kind of? it? Yeah. I don't know if at the time that I understood that I was actually performing. I just knew that I was just walking and talking. And I was just saying what I had read. So I guess in a way that was performance for me. So, like I said, it was a mixture of a lot of different things that made me eventually settle on acting. But spoken word and being heard and just words in general were always interesting yeah.
0: to me. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, from, from reading and, and performing, mm-hmm. Maya Angelo, you decide to go to Atlanta, Clark University, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, some things obviously happened between there. But <laughs> but yeah, eventually over time, I was able to articulate for myself that I wanted to be um, an actor. And I think maybe the one, the one person that kind of sealed the deal for me um, was probably Cicely Tyson. Um, yeah. And I remember hearing... An interview of hers in which she said that she understood during the the civil rights movement um, that her that she could not afford the luxury of just being an actor and at that time I remember sitting once again in front of the television and hearing a voice just as clear as day saying you're too smart just to act now at the time like I was like well maybe I'm not maybe I'm not supposed to be an actor but then it finally hit me no you are supposed to act, but there are going to be a lot of other things that are going to fall into your lap that you are going to be responsible for as well, in addition to this one Such as?
0: Um,
1: You eventually, you know, writing, um, being very intrigued with uh, producing, even video editing, which are all the things that I do. Um, That's what you went to
0: school for, right? Uh, I went to
1: school, yeah. Eventually, I went to Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, right across the street from Spelman and Morehouse. Shout out to the AUC. Shout out yeah, um so I went to Clark Atlanta University and I originally i dis, i said that I was going to um, study acting there, which was really weird for a lot of people because Clark isn't necessarily known as like a you know acting school, but I knew that I wanted to go to a historically black college mm-hmm. um and uh you know at the time it just kind of it, it it happened naturally for me to to uh, want to go to to Clark Atlanta so I went there. Um, I majored in uh, acting for my first year um and then some things kind of you know happened with the with the department and it just shifted me into the television and film realm um mm-hmm. I think at the time like the school was kind of doing like more of like musicals and things that I wasn't really into because i, I You know, once again, I said I didn't grow up around theaters, So the whole musical concept, I knew it existed, but it was something that was totally foreign to me. Like, I knew I wanted to work on, like, Raising son. I wanted to do, like, you know, August Wilson. I wanted to do all these things. And, you know, they weren't doing that. So I was like, okay, there has to be another way. And I was always intrigued with, um, at least with the radio aspect because of my stepdad. And, you know, and had done, like, different little television, like, news spots in my small Town, so um, I was like, Well, you know, I can learn it from the back end, yeah. um, and then hopefully that will bring me to the forefront. And also, my dad always told me growing up, If you love something, you learn everything that you possibly can about it. So, right. that was my thinking was that if I, you know, enrich myself and give myself as much knowledge with the business, with um, behind the camera, as much. Um, in front of the camera, then, you know, that'll happen for me. But, I have to say this, while I was, while I was majoring in television and film, I also at the same time, was going to the Alliance Theater. Um, and, anyway, all
0: right? That's just- no, that's True Colors.
1: He has. Yeah, he, uh, Kenny Alliance. Leon has True Colors. Yeah, so I think at the time True Colors was um, he still had it, but it wasn't, I guess, as big of a deal as it is like now. Like right. it was still kind of you know on the rise. But uh, the one that was accessible to me at the time, um, and also a very well known and very respected theater in Atlanta is the Alliance Theater. Right. And I happened to go to an acting workshop one day, and I met with. I didn't know that he was the director of the acting program at the time, but I met with him, and he saw my enthusiasm, and he was like, you know, would you like to come and do a work-study um, situation with me where you come in for, like, a couple of hours on, like, a Saturday or something like that, and, you know, as your pay, you can take acting classes here. And that's what I did while I was in school at Clark Atlanta, was I was, I was studying at the Alliance Theater.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you, you have this background, and like your father said learn everything you can about a certain craft. Mm-hmm. How has being in back, um, behind the scenes with television production and all that helped you as an actress? Um, those kind of job?
1: Mm-hmm. it definitely helps me see things, um, from a full perspective. Um, it kind of, uh, I, I would have to say like, it, it obviously it helps me to see the storyline a lot better mm-hmm. to understand where everyone is going. It's kind of like, you know, uh I'm not saying that I am God. <laughs> I'm saying, you know how like God kinda we, we envision that God looks down on all of us and can see the big picture sometimes in our lives. Right. You know, and that's how it is whenever I, I think like whenever I'm writing or whenever I am, you know, editing something or working on something from behind the scenes, I can I can see the full picture. Right. Because as an actor, you your your responsibility is to stay connected to the character. And to whoever it is that you are communicating with at the time. So this is your life, you know, um, like right now, like you're living Aaron's life. So sometimes things happen in our own lives that we don't quite understand. But the beauty about being behind the scenes is that you see it. Like, it's like, I know that at the end of this show, you're going to die. You're going to live. You're going (laughs) to, you know, you're going to get there. Just, you know, just keep going, you know, um, and that's kind of the, the difference. And it then it also makes you appreciate how much the entire crew and the entire production um, uh, team has, uh, has to do with the actual outcome of a project. So, you know... People always talk about, you know, actors sometimes, like they just walk around with their noses stuck up in the air because they just believe that they can do whatever it is that they do. But, you know, when you're forced to think outside of that and you actually do become appreciative of the people who, you know, are scrubbing the toilets, to the people that are writing, to the people that are producing, you, you understand what it takes. So you, as an actor, come more prepared for certain things than maybe you would have had you not known that there is an entire team that makes this thing possible.
0: And while you were at Clark, did you, were you a part of any productions, acting-wise, or did you do mostly?
1: I did do, um, I did Three Penny Opera while I was at wow, Clark. Um, I did a few um, original pieces at Spellman, and um, also a few, I had a lot of friends who were filmmaker friends, so we did a lot of uh, indie films uh, together as well at Clark.
0: Okay, yeah. so that took you to New York. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're already in Atlanta, which mm-hmm. is up and coming in production. Was it back then? Was it like kind of what it is it now? It was
1: or? coming up. Obviously, coming up. obviously you had Tyler Perry, which who I was fortunate enough to um, be an intern for um, Tyler Perry Studios uh, early on. Um, I think, like, my junior year of of college, I did that. So I interned for a lot of these different people. And at that time, it was kind of like I didn't... You know, like, you're you're trying to find your way. So you don't want to, like, push the fact that you want to be an actor. actor Because they, you know, they hired you to do something else. And you're just like, well, I need to know this, too. And, you know, you think you're going to kind of teeter-totter your way. But I didn't articulate uh, to them that, no, I really want to be in front of the screen. Like, I I, I couldn't put that together. Um, But at the time... To answer your question, at the time, uh, Tyler Perry was obviously the number one production studio that was happening at that time. So there were a lot of people that were coming in, but they were still um, mainly getting their production teams, their actors, their, everything from, like, L.A. and New York. And then they were coming to Atlanta to shoot things. Right. So it was a completely different thing from what it is now. Now, within, like, the last, like, you know, five, six years, it's it's grown tremendously. But at that time, it was still kind of up and coming.
0: Okay, so you took a Greyhound, uh, or mm-hmm. not a Greyhound, on a bus to New mm-hmm. York. What year was that?
1: This was twenty twelve.
0: Twenty twelve, yeah. Okay, and that was your first year out of out of college. No,
1: this was. Um, well, I had been out of school already for a year, so I was working. As a production assistant at uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting, which is the PBS station for um, Atlanta. Um, and they eventually laid a lot of different people off. So I got laid off. Oh, man. Um, and I you know, I took some time to kind of regroup. I went back home for a minute, tried to get my stuff together, eventually made my way back to Atlanta. And then when that happened, um, I had previously worked for a casting Director um, Tracy Kilpatrick who I am still very good friends with uh, to this day and love her dearly but she called me in one day and was like hey I'm you know I am casting for this movie called Prisoners with Viola Davis Uh, can you come in and and be my assistant on the project so I went I did that along the way we started talking and she I made her aware of the fact that I really wanted to act Um, and she was like okay well you know the best she gave me an opportunity she took a chance on me um she had a, obviously a lot of friends that were in the the industry and in the market in atlanta mm-hmm. and she called up a few um agents and and you know people like that and said hey like i have this assistant i don't know if she can act or not but she really wants to and i really like her as a person and she basically told me she was like if you go in here and you don't get an agent that's on you. That's not on me. Right. (laughs) You know, just to put it out there. So I went in, I met with a couple of different people and eventually I got an agent from it. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I think right when I was starting to kind of go out for certain things, I had this thing inside of me that said I needed to hone my craft in a way that at the time I didn't believe that I could necessarily do in Atlanta. And, um, I talked to a few people about it and I was encouraged by a relative of mine who works in the industry. You know, if you really want to be an actor, you got to go to New York. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca. And I was terrified of New York. I'd never wanted to be here. Mm. I, I had been here one other time and it freaked me out to the point that I was like, oh, no, hell no, I'm not doing it. um And eventually, like, I, you know, I came here and. The rest is, is history. So I came here, like you said, on a bus with about... Because, mind you, I was laid off. And yeah. with the exception of, like, the little money that I made, like, freelancing here and there. Right. Probably had about $50 in my pocket. And I was only supposed to be here for, like, a like a week or a weekend or something like that. And ended up just not going back.
0: Did you have it. a place? Or were you like nope. couch couchsurfing? You were
1: When I came here, I was... Because I was only supposed to be here originally for a short amount of time. I was supposed mm. to stay with a friend of mine. Um, and I did, but he was staying with someone at the time. And then, um, it just, you know, I, I, while I was here, it was weird because people were calling me and saying, well, I know this person that lives in New York, you should hook up with this person. Eventually I got hooked up with, um, um, a, a friend of a friend and, uh, he had talked to me and basically said, you know. If you decide to stay, I don't know what your plans are, but if you decide to stay, I have roommates, but we also have a couch, and my roommates are really cool, so, you know, just let me know.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, and I, I got, like, a marketing job, like, literally within, like, a three-day time span. I got, like, a marketing job, and then I, I I was walking down the street one day, and um, I just, I, I, it was literally the day before I was supposed to get back on the bus to come to, to go back to Atlanta, and I said, God, like, I just, I don't feel like I need to go back. I had my ticket, literally, ready to go back. And I just said, I I don't feel like I need to go back. And there was this, uh, you know, I was praying about it. And there was this uh, homeless man, actually, that walked up to me. Didn't even ask me for anything. He literally, this is how you know angels are real. He walked up to me, and he just stopped, like, right there. And he looked me in my face, and he said, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, you should do. Wow. I said, excuse me? And he was like, listen, I've spent my entire life I'm now in my 60s he was like I spent my entire life living my life for other people wow. and um you know I've been I've been um, on drugs I've been through like the ringer and now I'm finally about to get out of this city and I'm going to live in the country somewhere and I'm gonna do what I want to do don't wait until you're my age
0: right
1: now of course like and, I, and he just and he walked away
0: this and is that like was it
1: no, this is this is the day before I was supposed to get back on the bus. So I was just wow. walking in the city. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Praying and asking God to show me what I needed to do. And that's when I encountered him. And he just walked away. And you wow. hear about these encounters all the time, but they really do exist. He just he walked away. And I said, that's it. I'm staying. Wow. And I've stayed, and the rest is, is history. So I served for a while, you know, did the New York hustle. So,
0: so that's that's amazing, because they say mm-hmm. if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's really inspirational, because you're supposed to stay for a week with $50 mm-hmm. in your pocket, mm-hmm. and you somehow find your way, and you're still here. Yeah. So in those first... Years, what were some of your challenges? What were some of your triumphs? Obviously, staying here was a triumph, but what yeah. were some of the challenges? and
1: for? it was also a challenge as well.
0: And I, was, I, was, it, it still I is.
1: was like, it's one in the same. <laughs> staying here,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, that's a triumph when you can make it from month to month. It's like, yes, I'm here. I paid rent this
0: yes. month, but mm.
1: it's also a challenge because what am I gonna eat? Right. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, along the way, like, obviously, I've met some incredible people, one of which being you. Oh well, thank you. My God, like, I, I I think about that all the time, and I, I can't talk about my friends too much because I really do start to get, like, super sentimental, but, um, and emotional, rather, but, um, you know, like, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a good community of people around me, and that has been... One of the biggest and bless and and, and best blessings that yeah. anyone could ever ask for, because it's hard. Like you said, it's it's hard. And whenever you decide to actually say that this is what I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. and there's no rules, you know, and there are people on either end of the spectrum that are still going for the same thing that you're going for. It you need a circle, a support team around you, and that's definitely like. You know, the fact that I have that is amazing. The fact that I had that then and God literally started setting things up for me when I got here, before I even got here, is amazing to me. So, yeah.
0: It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you're theater trained. You meet, Mm -hmm. one of the other people that you've met is uh, Felicia, right?
1: Yeah, Felicia Laque. Mm -hmm. And
0: she's uh, an important mentor to you, right?
1: Yeah, she is. Um, So... Interesting about Valicia Silke, so she is um, a, a Broadway superstar, as I call her. She's modest, so she's like no. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> she was the original uh, Diana Ross on Broadway, and mm-hmm. she's you know Tony, Tony-nominated actress, Grammy-nominated uh, um, singer as well. But basically, uh, one of my first jobs um, when I got here, like literally and still is my job now um is uh was was working for various um various uh broadway productions doing merchandise um and so when i first got here like i was selling merchandise on broadway um probably like within a month of me getting here so the first show now i had always wanted to see a broadway show did not see a broadway show up until this point the first broadway show that i had seen was motown the musical Um, And it happened to be the very first show That I'm working So someone is paying me to see see the show Granted I had stand in the back of the theater But I stood there the entire 2 hours and 45 minutes And watched this thing And at the time because my ignorant behind doesn't know anything especially about musical theater I thought that this woman who was coming on stage sounding exactly like Diana Ross singing exactly like Diana Ross had like a voice box no I thought that she had like a I thought that she was especially when it came to the singing I thought that they were playing the track and that she was just mouthing you know lip syncing the words, so I had no idea. Um, eventually, I I became uh, familiar with her because there's a part in the show for anyone who has seen it, where um, she's at the back of the the theater, and um, she comes through the audience, and she you know does her 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 final song, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." So she would come to the back of the theater, um, and I would see her because the obviously the production team and all of us that work in the theater would be in the back. And she told her, um, her hairstylist, well, one, not her hairstylist, but well, one of her uh, Richard Gross, she said, tell that girl that I like her hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have big, like, I know you, you guys can't see it, but I have, like, big natural hair. Um, and so he came over and he said, hey, we really like your hair. And I was like, ooh. I like her like I love her so we just kind of like started talking from then on out and um you know it it became like a real like bond and I really looked up to her yeah. as a mentor so yeah she's she's awesome
0: that's incredible yeah um, it goes in with that community that's mm-hmm. that you need mm-hmm. so um you you recently just got your first big mm-hmm. feature. It, it's a, it's a film
1: yeah a television film. film mm-hmm
0: so, from being theater trained in a mecca, honing your craft, mm-hmm. to booking your first movie mm-hmm. that's that's big stuff. Mm-hmm. So, how did working in a theater influence like film or TV work? Is it the mm-hmm. same? I know with the theater, you have the energy of the audience, but with the the set it's it's kind of different. So for okay. our listeners, like how is that different? how does that what were some of the challenges, what do you wish you knew going in?
1: Yeah. Um so yeah so television fi- film is yeah it's a little different. Um I had a teacher one time uh probably about a year before I booked this tell me that you know people always think especially in acting like they think that you know you have to be smaller. Yeah. for television and film that's what we're told. Mm. But his way of saying it he was like no but I don't want you to be smaller. I want you to be who you are. You're the size that you are, and I think, really, it comes down to the mindset of the person. I th- I thought about this. Um, I think that maybe, for television and film, at least for me, what it ended up being was an intimate. Um, it, it, it's a more intimate setting because the camera is. Right there, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, You're not showing out for anybody because they can already see it. (laughs) You know, like your scene partner can already see what it is that you're doing. You don't have to go the extra mile and try to prove a point. So for me, it's kind of like um, I like to think of it as in like us being in this room right now. You know, it's just the two of us and we're having conversation. You know, now if we're trying to explain this conversation, you know, in a bigger room to five other people, then, of course, we're going to be a little bit more, like, animated. We're going to try and stress certain things because they weren't present in the small room to hear it, you know? Right. And that's kind of how I look at theater versus television and film, you know? It's just a little bit more like, you're here. You're here. You see what I'm doing, you know? Theater, it's like, everybody needs to understand what I meant when I said x y and z you know what this character is saying to me and how it is affecting um, my performance or or what I'm doing here on this stage so in that regard you know now I get what he was saying you know like you know the story is what it is you know what you are going to do is what you're going to do obviously unless like a director comes in and steps in and says hey I don't like the way that you're doing that or I don't like the way that you're saying that but it is what it is it's just who are you making the point to you know? Mm-hmm. Are you making the point to the camera or are you making the point to an entire audience? Because then I think I think when you start to think about it like that, you understand, you know? Yeah. At least for me, I I, I understand.
0: Okay, so yeah. you've working with some heavyweights in this film. I mm-hmm. mean Robin Gibbons mm-hmm. who I understand is one of your yeah. huge huge heroes. Yeah. You got to work with
1: her? Yeah, I did. She um she played my mother. Uh, Monica, and you know, I, I played Kayla, her troubled teenage daughter, who who has um some 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 drug abuse issues. Wow. Um, but uh, basically, she's she's gone through a divorce, and um, she's now married uh, to a, a new um, husband, whom I you know intentionally don't like. <laughs> so um, so yeah, E. Roger Mitchell plays my stepfather. Um, Aaron and both of them were amazing. Um, obviously, like I, I like so many other people, grew up watching Robin Gibbons, and I know like everyone knows her from Boomerang and all these movies with like Eddie Murphy and being like the '90s like it woman. Um, but you know, like I, I had admired her work since uh, she did a film back in the '80s, um, The Women of Brewster Place, which is a movie that a lot of people. It surprises me how many. Of I guess our generation still don't know about it and maybe it's just like I said because my mother got cable so she just thought that I was just she was just going to expose me to everything and tape everything but um, you know so I would seen her play a strong young kind of activist um, you know black woman then when it wasn't necessarily popular for young black women to be um, intelligent at that right. time it was just kind of like you know you're supposed to be pretty just look pretty and look cool, you know. But yeah. she actually had a mind in that, and Cicely Tyson played her mother at the time. So you know, those aspects together it's just like. Ugh. But I had respected Robin for a while, so when I found out that she was playing my mother, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as you know, because yeah, you yeah. you helped me with that project and get ready for it, but um, and getting ready for it rather. But you know, she was she was really. Gracious, and yeah. you know, she she taught me a few things and passed like a couple of words of wisdom down for me that um you know like Cicely Tyson and Felicia Rashad had passed down to her, and I really got a chance to tell her you know just thank you for her artistry and for showing us as especially as young women of color that we didn't have to um you know be a certain way in order to uh, be relevant, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so she's she's awesome. And E. Roger Mitchell, I'd seen, you know, all his stuff. And actually, I'd seen him prior to, obviously, working with him. But I I wanted so badly to go back and to watch other stuff, because I knew, like, this is the guy, the other black guy, in the flight with Denzel. You know, so I knew, like, if, you, if you're if you going to be in a movie with Denzel, as you call right. him, Denzel, Denzel. Um <laughs> You, you know my god like you're a beast right. and I was so scared like before we actually start shooting I didn't even want to go back and like watch anything which I'm glad I didn't but in that moment you know we had a lot of kind of heavy scenes together and it was really cool because he would you know teach me certain things like stay still here or move here you know he would tell me small things that definitely helped me out and he was a real support he told me from the beginning like I'm here for you whatever it is that you need you let me know because I, I got your back and I want you to, to do what it is that you do. So he's definitely like, he's awesome.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of something that somebody who maybe is coming from Kentucky mm-hmm. who could potentially be listening to this, what would you say that is an actionable step or, or thing that they can do to further their career or get to where you are? Mm. Especially if they're like a woman of color or, yeah. you know,
1: Um, the number one thing I would say is just, is, is to, uh, number one, I would say believe.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't stop believing because there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be times when everyone in your face is telling you no, literally. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those people, you know, happen to be the people that are closest to you. And it's not that they are, you know, that they mean ill Mm -hmm. on you or wish you, um, you know the horrible things in your future sometimes people do out of things of they they do things out of protection you know Um, but you have to believe in whatever it is that you know that you feel led to do and don't don't let anyone at all or any circumstance take that away from that Um, and then outside of, of believing you know stay prepared Stay prepared. I, I think back to living in in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, when, like I said, there was, you know, little to no, performance, um, you know, arts performance based things that were going on. But you know, I was doing things at church. Right. I knew that you know I wanted to do that I I think at a very early age you know even me walking around the house and memorizing things that helped me with my memorization because even now whenever I'm trying to prepare for a role or I'm working on a new monologue or whatever the case may be like I'm walking around and just saying the lines saying just do things and say the lines and get so comfortable in the words that you don't have to hold the book or the script with you throw it down make a bed, say the lines like these are all things that I learned you know growing up in my hometown, um, also, like I remember at one point, you know, I like I said, I didn't have like a job in the arts, mm-hmm. but I kept looking for communications based jobs. Like, I was working not telemarketing because that's when you're like selling things, but I guess they call it market research yeah. when you're like calling people and doing these surveys. I was doing that when I was six, 16, 17 years old, wow. but. I knew that over the phone, I was working on um, my my um, characters. characters. I would be working on characters. I would I would be thinking about different things and saying, "Well, say this is if you are a professor. Say this is if you are a happy-go-lucky kid. Uh-huh. Say this is if you know." Like I would just play with, um, with with my craft in that way, trying to help myself because I knew eventually one day I would need this training. So you have to make those things happen for you. And if and when you decide to move to New York because I believe even if even if you don't go to New York automatically because now we like you said Atlanta is coming up. Mm-hmm. LA is still there. Um there's a lot of other places that are coming up in in the world so you don't necessarily, you know, have to go to New York automatically, but I believe that every great artist does walk through new york at some point in their lives um but whenever you come to new york you know like you 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 learn to make things happen for yourself because there are moments when no one is calling you no one is emailing you nobody is checking for you like that you can go on like 20 auditions in a week and you might not get a call back for anything you know or either you get called back for half of them but don't book any of them It happens all the time, and in order to keep yourself up to speed, you have to find ways to always work on your craft, always, always, always. You know, there are so many times I'm preparing for things that I don't even know what I'm preparing for, but I just know I I got to get better.
0: You got to stay sharp.
1: You got to stay sharp because you can't pray for something um, that you're not prepared for. You know,
0: how does prayer like help you in your? Because that's that's big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your prayer life. So, how has that helped you, or like, what would you say?
1: It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Um, I like, you know, we all look up to to Mother Oprah, but um, <laughs> I have to say that. hi, Mama Oprah. Um, but you know, like, it really does ground you. Yeah. Um, and one thing that regardless of whatever it is that you do, you don't even have to be an actor per se, but whatever it is that you do, if you want to be great at it, you have to work internally because every single thing else is going to be reflective of what is being done internal of yourself. If you believe in a, in a force that is greater than you, if you understand that, you know, whatever you decide to call it, if you decide to call it God or a pencil, I don't care, but if you understand that there is a force that is inside of you that carries you throughout life and makes the um, unthinkable happen you know, the good things happen, the things that literally change your entire life happen and pull you through um, you'll be able, like, all those things will be reflective in whatever it is that you do in your craft, you know because you are connecting with the thing that is the greatest everything that you do will be great, you know. That's
0: amazing.
1: But you have to but you, but for me like it's like I I I try. I mean, and of course like all of us, you know, we have our downfalls and you know, get off track sometimes, but I know that I need that I have to check in. So for me prayer and meditation are really really important for me. Like it's like the day can't start, the day can't end without gratitude, without getting grounded because all of this could go away, you know. Right. Everything, nothing in this life is certain, especially nothing in this business for sure. is for certain, sure. yeah. you know, and because of the fact that people always say to me that, you know, you're an actor. It's not that serious. And, and for a while, I actually said that, too, like as far as like us doing like open heart surgery. But then I thought about it. I was like, no, but we are surgeons of the soul. Ooh. That's even more serious. You know, right, right. you're dealing with people's souls. You're dealing with their emotions. You're dealing with whether or not this person is actually going to kill themselves today. You know? Yeah. Whether or not this person can forgive themselves for something that they did or did not do. Whether the world continues to condemn them for things that they did or did not do. That's more important. You are people's beliefs. You are uh, God in the physical that people see and that they believe in. So whenever you're given that type of responsibility as an artist, Mm -hmm. you got to take it seriously. And that means that you have to stay grounded. You can't allow yourself, and I'm guilty of this too, because sometimes I get like super anxious about things. But I try to like tap in and say, Kendra, you can't do that. Because if you start feeling that inside of here, everything that you produce will look exactly like that, that, that comes from within. You know, so you have to make sure that you come in with the most honest, purest intent, um, and, and that type of reflection for someone else.
0: Incredible. Yeah. Is there anything that you're working on right
1: now? Um, like I said, we, we, I have the web series, um, that's coming out so you can actually, you know, keep, uh, in contact with me via social media and find out more about that because I don't know the exact release date, but I, but I do write, um, and um, Champagne the web series is out right now. Other than that, um, there's a few readings that I'm doing um, next month. And once again, keep keep track with me on social media so that you can...
0: And the social media is...
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram. It's uh, at Kendra, K-E-N-D-R-A, the number two. Um, and then Shay, S-H-A-Y. So it's Kendra2Shay. So uh, that's the easiest way to find out everything about me. It has, uh, you know, all of my all of my information and all my goings ons, going ons. I sound so old. Um, and then also my website www dot holloway dot info. So all of the up to date stuff will be posted there.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's been great. Any uh, parting inspiring words or anything like that?
1: Um. Just keep at it. (laughs) Just keep at it. It's very simple. Just keep at it. I don't care. Unless God tells you to do something else, you're doing the right thing. You're okay.
0: Doing the right thing. Yeah. Kendra Holloway. Yes. You've been a gift. You've been
1: a blessing. Oh, I love you, bro. Thank you for having me.
0: That's it for this episode of The Creation Grounds. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. Be sure to check out our Instagram for future and previous guest info and check out our YouTube channel in the show notes below. Email us with any suggestions at thecreationgrounds@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you got something out of this, I'd really appreciate if you spread the word and the love. Until next time, this is Aaron Lloyd telling you that the sky is the limit. Stay creative.